All right, hello uh, everybody. Welcome to today's uh, Trend Signal podcast. My name is Adrian Boothy. I'm the head of trading here at Trend Signal, uh, and today we're going to be talking about what's going on with the forex and the stock markets in our usual podcast. Um, and uh, I guess a little, talking a little bit about Trump's recovery from COVID-19, still continuing to lose ground uh, to Biden in those polls as we move. 22 days away from the presidential election now. So joined as ever to discuss all of this and make a lot of sense for it, uh, to it is uh, our chief analyst and CEO, Jerry Miller. Hi, Jerry. Hi there, Adrian. Morning. Um, Jerry, do you want to just take us through a little bit about what uh, what do we know? What's What's been going on over the last uh, week or so? Well, it's yeah, not a lot of data out last week, Adrian, but it was the sort of global macro events as we tend to call them, which are sort of things happening around the world and uh, rather than sort of the micro stuff being individual data releases. But Trump, yeah, Trump and his COVID-19 infection, uh, quite a few people in our workshop this morning uh, believe that he actually never had it and it was just a, a, a ruse for some reason. But I have to say, if it was a ruse to help reinvigorate his campaign, then uh, I don't think it's worked particularly well. Do you know, it's um, funny you say that. My my brother immediately uh, on Facebook posted that he believed it was nonsense, um, but it's it's only backfired as far as the polls are concerned. Um, yeah. Well, if you think about it, Adrian, his Trump card, <laughs> Trump, uh, is the economy, which has done mm-hmm. okay. Uh, but even then, the fact-checked uh, side of the BBC website uh, proved that actually a year on, uh, sorry, four years on. The U.S. economy is not in that much of a better condition in terms of its trade deficit, etc. I think it had a record trade deficit last month. Yeah. But it's just interesting. Why would he do something, i.e. pretend to have COVID-19, when um, uh, he wants to keep that off the front page? Yeah, well, guess what? I, yeah I totally agree. I, I, I don't buy that. Buy it at all. I, I think it was... Um, he needed uh, to, he needed the argument to go away from uh, COVID because of his uh, allegations of mishandling, uh, really, didn't mm. he? And he needed okay. a big story of something that's very different. Um, mm. But uh, yeah, well, he he sort of did that with the appointment of that uh, his choice for the new uh, member of the Senate uh, of uh, the uh, Supreme you're Court. Right. But, but I don't think that that's big enough. It's not big no. enough an issue, is it, really? No, he couldn't keep it on the front page for long enough because he had to progress it. So that went off the front page. And, well, guess what? It's all been this. But, you know, markets have ebbed and flowed, uh, really, Adrian. But I think they just proved that, uh, you know, with 22 days away, uh, this um, election result is not going to affect the stock market, really. Um, mm. It's more the bond market. Uh, but, and that's uh, unusual, yeah. isn't it? I mean, normally, you know, it tends to have a bit of an impact there, particularly. And I guess we haven't got a huge, un- perhaps we don't have a huge uncertainty over the vote. But normally, how would you expect the um, uh, the stock market to function, Jerry, into an election? Well, you know, the perceived rule is that, you know, with the Democrats who are slightly more free spending and, and less uh, financially rigorous, um, they tend to... Uh, the markets tend to react quite negatively to a Democrat win. Um, mm. But in the past, the incumbent president, if the incumbent president, you know, wanting a, a second, needing a second term is struggling, the stock market comes off, uh, whether it be Democrat or Republican, because there's a change of guard, there's more uncertainty. Uh, but I, that's not happening this time around. And the reason is, is that if we go back to Tina, there is no alternative. You, you can't put your money into anything else but the stock markets, even with Biden uh, and the Democrats, uh, uh, you know, perhaps uh, getting away with it, what's called the blue wave, the blue wave where um, Biden and the Democrats actually win the presidency and also win both chambers of Congress. So that's 
uh, the House of Representatives, and most importantly, the Senate. Because if they do that, they can push through any stimulus plan they need, uh, really. Yeah. Um, and you know, we've talked about the 2.7 or 2.9 trillion dollars, which the Republicans didn't like with this fiscal aid package. Well, guess what? After the election, assuming it does happen and there is a blue wave, they can pretty much call the shots. And that's been reflected in the bond markets, Adrian, without wishing to go too technical. Um, the cost of borrowing money in the longer term has gone up as the bond markets are starting to price in the probable Biden victory and the probability that the, the, the government, the US government, are going to have to issue more bonds to pay for all this spending. So uh, there you go. That's, uh, it's, uh, it's happening in the bond market, but not in stock markets. Uh, I guess, as you say, it, it, it follows a different uh, different way, a different sort of reasoning, isn't it, between the bond markets and the stock markets. The stock mm. market, you know, there's you know, there's 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 money still sloshing around that's going to be invested. You know, where else are you going to put it? Uh, that's mm. really all it ever comes down to at the moment, or at least over the last yeah. couple of years, certainly. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the QE is all about you know pushing investors into um, and, and, and uh, say this to putting their money to work and not keeping it tied up in cash uh, earning interest because those interest rates have collapsed as we know uh, mm. quantitative easing involves buying bonds buying bonds causes the yield to go down so the return for investors particularly private investors becomes just just nonsense and there's no way retail investors look at bonds as a viable investment unless it's just for protection purposes, you know, you get your fixed income per year, albeit nothing. Um, at least your money's safe, uh, and that's about as much as you could say for it. Yeah, that doesn't really get the retail traders so excited. And I know <laughs> when we talked about the, um, you know, the uh, the Nasdaq whale, and then we we went on to discuss the size of the actual the retail market. You know, he may be the, the whale might be a big a big mover of the uh, of the market. However, the retail side. They're not so turned on by bonds or interest rates at you know next to yeah. nothing. Um, no, that's they want right. to be looking at the Amazons, the Apples, and the Teslas of this world, which yeah. have the ability to make a lot of money, uh, really. That, that's interesting that you mentioned the Nasdaq well, because of course the market was sort of tugged around a little bit last week as Trump in his, his narcissistic way came back and you know was all talking about himself and how he's feeling and everything else and then just announced that he was terminating the congressional talks about the, the second fiscal stimulus until after the election uh, the markets then fell and then they rallied because he then put together some separate deals to aid the US economy which really shoved equities quite a bit high and as you can see from the chart you just put up there yeah. uh, we're pretty much back to where we were at the beginning of September when you know we were talking about the bump in um, Nasdaq volatilities and the, the big sell-off induced by reports that um, uh, the Nasdaq whale had uh, caused it all. <laughs> but as you say, uh, it was nothing in comparison to the aggregate amount of uh, trades that the retail investors put on in auction. So uh, anyway, we're, we're back where we started. Yeah. So in terms of numbers last week, um, generally a positive across the board for equities, yeah. Um, yeah, indices positive. that is. Um, so what sort of numbers are we looking at, percentage terms, Jerry? Uh, Dow, uh, 900 points, so that's three and a quarter percent. S&P, 129, that's uh, over three and three quarter percent. And here in Europe, that 362, that's 2.8 percent. And even the little old FTSE with its rather 
uh, unpopular stocks, banking and uh, mining stocks, I managed to tack on 114 points, and that was 2%. So, yeah, all all quite positive, but it's the really volatile US markets, which you'd expect with the election being so close, Adrian, that uh, go up and yeah. down um, uh, in, in large chunks. Yeah, absolutely. You're going to say a different phrase then, weren't you? Something yeah, politically I know. correct, I think. <laughs> not, not in the podcast, for I sure. I know you too well. Um, okay, so very much a sort of a risk-on uh, move, risk-on yeah, being yeah. putting risk onto your portfolio, uh, hence the, the rally in stocks. Uh, effect on the dollar uh, really being the other way, Jerry. Um, do you want to just take us? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, sorry, the, the, the risk on mode in equities uh, also uh, sees the dollar start to lose a bit of ground because when there's risk off, conversely, uh, investors and traders tend to buy the dollar as a bit, of, a bit of protection. So when it's risk on again, they then unwind those trades. So you'd expect to see the dollar slip a little bit in that sort of environment, which is what we had last week. Uh, Euro lost uh, over a full cent. Uh, sterling lost over a full cent as well. Uh, and the yen sort of lost a bit of ground. But the yen trades in a, is also a bit of a risk off uh, uh, instrument mm -hmm. along with the dollar. So looking at dollar yen is not so uh, relevant in that regard but uh, yeah so yeah. i but but that's yeah. one bit of dollar okay um and then in terms of the commodities uh jerry we saw uh it's a modest uh movement overall on gold and what was actually a, a sort of relatively volatile week really yeah it was i mean we we shanked uh, the beginning of the week but then uh, come friday uh, it basically made its week's gains uh, in a week and a, it's a bit of a sort of typical knee-jerk reaction in a way i think it eventually uh, uh, rebounded on the back of the dollar's uh, uh, weaknesses um, uh, during the um, during the week. Um, so it's really just a dollar-related issue more than anything else. In fact, I did read a report, Adrian, that um, central banks were selling the most gold from their reserves uh, in the in the past couple of years. So uh, mm -hmm. uh, there is a little bit of pressure on gold at the same time, and that might. Um, that could explain um, its uh, hesitancy above $2,000, and it must be uh, a gift horse to uh, central banks who are looking to rebalance their um, holdings. Yeah, Gordon Brown would have liked that price, wouldn't he, all those years ago? <laughs> yeah, what, as opposed to $280 now? <laughs> Good call. Good call, Gordon. Poor chappy. Poor um, chappy. He goes down in history for that alone. So uh, crude oil, uh, that was quite a strong week, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Crikey. I, I think that really caught off caught off guard a, a lot of uh, traders who uh, was quite a bit of a squeeze there that pushed gold, uh, sorry, uh, uh, crude oil up sharply, actually. Uh, uh, Brent crude or UK oil was up uh, nearly four bucks, which is, uh, you know, nine and a half percent. So that's a big, big move. And you might think, wow, what news was that to push that up? And I would tell you not a lot, really, Adrian. Um, mm -hmm. Stocks were a little bit tighter but nothing to suggest that sort of a move. But I think it was in response to the jump in equities that we've discussed. Yep. And also, remember, oil is priced in dollars. So, yeah, that, that has an effect as well. The dollar weakness will have helped oil as well. Uh, and I, as I said, I think it was a bit of a short squeeze there. But nothing has much really changed too much with demand, which I think uh, is expected to remain subdued for the remainder of the year. Um, and, and it hasn't helped oil stocks on, on in, in the US either. So despite the oil price rallying, oil stocks have uh, remained under pressure, not just last week, but just generally. Okay. Yeah. Well, absolutely. So um, well, I think that's mostly it for the week, Jerry. Um, 
we do have uh, a few events uh, coming up, which we'll be talking tackling in our other podcast. So if you want to look at the Trading Week Ahead uh, podcast in uh, on, on various um, podcast places, Spotify, SoundCloud, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, then please do tune in for that. So just search for the Trading Week Ahead. Uh, if you'd like to um, learn uh, some trading strategy as well, uh, then you can book in for one of our free trading events. We do three of these a week, um, and where we're going to teach you, uh, our attendees, a simple trading strategy that we use one of our foundation strategies to help traders uh, to boost their trading results so three simple rules to identify turning points in the market which we can apply to FX indices and commodities so if you'd like to learn a strategy to help you to identify some great turning points uh, then please do tune in you can go to bit.ly so bit.ly slash learn ts bit.ly slash learn ts get yourself booked in uh, get a pen and paper and we'll teach you one of our favorite trading strategies uh, otherwise that's pretty much it from us uh, so have a great week's trading and hopefully um, we'll see you at the trading week ahead podcast uh, a bit later on today bye for now <laughs>